Hey, welcome to Dadtastic, a podcast about two dads. One of us knows the square root of 81, the other's Tom. What is it? Nine. I just checking. Hey, it's early morning. I've got my coffee. Go easy, all right? The brain ain't ticking as well as it used to be. Like when you, wait, wait, wait. When you were in school, what was your number one subject? I was pretty good at math. Really? Yeah. And you didn't know good. 81? Well, like, again... You can't just throw stuff at me and expect bang, 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 bang. Like, that doesn't work. Okay, well, then let's ease into it. Ease into it. But before we get there. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you done blowing today? Yeah, I'm yeah. done. Woo! Yeah, I did it. I blew the first time this morning at 8.30, and that's the last one. Okay, so I thought so. Yeah. Uh, we got you a card. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a card for you. And for those who don't know, for the past 365 days, I've had to go down to the Ogden Correctional Unit and blow twice a day. Once between 6.30 and 8.30 in the morning, and once between 6.30 and 8.30 in the evening. And so I am officially done. So I'm the card done. here. Congratulations. Okay, one of these has Just a so you know, that? drinks will be consumed in your honor. Well, I appreciate that. Proud of you, boy. And that's boy, B-O-I. I like that. That's, that's from our son, Josh. Let's so, eat jerky. <laughs> Congrats, luck face. Yeah. But I don't think it says luck. No, that's <laughs> something else in Australian, I think. Oh, man, we got coconut water? Well, I figured you don't drink anymore, so we drink with some coconut water. Here's oh, Josh has one. This is good. This is healthy. And beef jerky? Well, we're men. We're dads. Yeah, yeah I love jerky. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do dads eat to celebrate? I would have been happy with jerky or trail mix. You know, I'm a big fan okay. of trail mix, but jerky, you can't go wrong with jerky. And this is the original jerky. This is some good stuff. Alberto's, right yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. No artificial ingredients, gluten-free, no MSGs, stuff that dads care about. What, do you even know what MSG is? Um, No. Yeah, neither. But I don't think it's good for you. Uh, it doesn't sound it. Like, if you call my mom right now and she just wants to talk about lunch meat, what you want to do is get the lunch meat with no nitrates. Do you know what nitrates are? I don't know if there's an S on the end of nitrates. I don't know, who cares? But basically, it's the stuff that they put in it to preserve it, and that's the stuff that messes with your brains. Oh, man. Joshy, cheers. Cheers. Mm. I think mine might be the one with the leak, which is, uh, which is fine. Yeah. That's well, natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a leaky sort of bloke. Yeah. You know what? That's the first time I've ever had coconut water. What? what? Yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah, yeah. You've never had coconut water before? I mean, I think I'm at the bottom of a like a pina colada. Does that count? Um, yeah, I yeah, probably. But I've never to. had just like straight coconut water. It's incredibly good for you. It's kind of sweet. Yeah. Hmm. It's got electrolytes and nutrients. Oh, it's, it's very, very good for you. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, good for the sober man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in. I'm there. I appreciate it, guys. This is this is. I'm blown away. It's big. So that. So Leslie was to thank. Oh, really? Oh, she gave you a heads up? So a little slide in the DMs. Don't worry. It's all right. We're all good. But uh, I don't even know if my girlfriend knows what a DM is. Well, she might now. Anyway, she slid right in there, and I parked it, and then we, uh, and then she was like, hey, Tom. I appreciate that. Thanks, Leslie. Yeah, Leslie. We'll call her in a little bit. We will. Um, but she wanted me to get, like, bangers, blowers, whatever yeah. they're called. Smiths. The Smiths went by my house didn't have any. Any of the, like the confetti guns? None of them. And it's probably better because there's high-tech equipment in here, and, and we don't want to piss off KSL. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be, be the, the last. last. <laughs> well, for me, it will be. 
I'm, I'm running on borrowed time, bro. You know what I mean? You're young. I'm 18, Ooh. eight years your senior. So for the past two years. Well, no, one year. It was 365, 24-7. So I'd have to drive down in between 6.30 and 8.30 in the morning and walk into the jail, hang out with my peeps. And then, Are they uh, good people? Yeah, no, there's a lot of them, and, and and I got to know them fairly well, you know. And we had nicknames for everybody. They called me Giggles, Chuckles, and Smiles. There were Smoky Eyes, uh, all kinds of good people. And I don't want to use their real names because they're probably not too happy. Yeah. But I went in there today to blow, and they gave me a certificate. And I was like, hey, do you mind getting a picture? And they go, you want a picture? And I was like, yeah. And I took pictures of the jail cell and all that stuff. It'll be on my social a little later on. But I was stoked. I mean, it was it was it was a cool experience. It was a pain in the butt. But it allowed me to have a license for a year and drive around and do this podcast with you, do Project Recovery, get a job with Mountain View Title, and all the other things that it's allowed me to do. Without that, I couldn't have done it. So you don't have to go back tonight? I don't have to go back tonight. You have to go back ever? Ever. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to Wendover next weekend. Oh, dear. But the only reason dangerous. I'm going, no, it's not dangerous. No, you're not gonna, you're gonna drink coconut water. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I don't plan on drinking at all. No, no, ever. I, I, no, that, 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 that's the plan. I don't plan on gotcha. drinking, uh, but I do like to gamble. What do you play? Craps? I play craps and blackjack. I like that style. That's, yeah, I feel like they're the only two acceptable answers. You know, but I will bet on a couple football games while I'm there. Because we do have football back, and as dads, how cool was that on Sunday to be sitting around, football going, chips and salsa, laying on the couch, you know Did what I mean? Did have the Traeger going? Yeah, we had the Traeger. We did a tri-tip. Nice. Oh. And her brother did it for the celebration of me graduating this oh, program, nice. and the tri-tip was amazing. It was, it was Oh, it was good. He did it wonderful. You know what I found out is everybody can cook on a Traeger except for me. Yeah, no, I tried to tell you that a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like random people are like, hey, yeah, this is pretty amazing. And, and I'm, the Traeger is good. I'm just, I guess I'm flawed at it. Yeah, yeah. But then here's the kicker. Tri-tip. Ooh, tri-tip. It was good. They went to uh, this place. And if you're in Utah and you're listening to this podcast, you need to go check it out. It's called Maddox, and it's up in Brigham City. Have you been to Maddox? It. Fried chicken, baby. Oh, oh, they got deep, and they got these shrimp steaks. But we didn't go there for that. There are two Maddoxes. Yeah, there's one in Layton. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Lonnie, one of our favorite salespersons here. Love uh, her. Uh, she says the peach pie at Maddox is amazing. And it's in season right now. Now, we didn't get the peach pie because my favorite, my jam. Let me guess. Yeah. Cheesecake. Nope. I'm a banana cream pie. Ooh, okay. And this sweet. This banana cream pie was heavenly. It was absolutely amazing. And we, and we usually get them there for Thanksgiving. But everybody around there was eating this banana cream pie, and they were like, man, this is sweet. This, this is amazing. And it was, it, was, it was out of this world. It was that good. It was that good. And so next time I'll come down here, I'll get you some Maddox pies. So maybe we'll get a peach one. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a, see, I'm a pie guy. I'm not. I'm not a cake guy. Well, that's not true. We have savory pies. Like meat pies? Talk dirty to me, baby. You like Have them? you had a meat pie? I've had a meat pie. Yes. Do you like them? Yeah. There's a place in Salt Lake, or it used to be, it's called Kalachi's. No. Yeah, it's still here. Yeah, and they had some great meat pies. They have meat pies? Yeah. I haven't been. There's a, there's a, like a Polynesian cafe mm-hmm. down in, uh, I think, Sandy Way. I've been to it. What's it called? Anyway, they do them. And they're, they're, they're like, um, they're like a, it's a New Zealand family. Mm. So they're Maori, but... Um, 
they eat them there anyway. Woo, meat pies. I'm, I love so if it. you go to the bakery in Australia, here's something for you. Mm-hmm. If you go to the baking bakery in Australia, you you'll you'll get you obviously get your breads and all that stuff, but there's this one section of the counter. It's got a plain glass window you can see through all of it, and it's just stacked with savory pies. And you can get savory, like all sorts of different pies, like curry pie, mm. chicken bacon pies, chicken mushroom pies, meat and cheese pies, meat and mushroom pies, like just an abundance of options. I love it. I love meat pies, and yeah. So I like I like savory pies. You like sweet pies. I like sweet pies. I'm not a cake guy. I mean, I, I, I like the custard. I like the airiness. Okay, I mean, so... I've got something that just popped into my mind. I love it. So I, I was over at my uh, sister-in-law's mm-hmm. on Sunday, and we were celebrating a birthday for one of her children. And my brother-in-law had a slice of cake. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he went to the fridge mm-hmm. and he grabbed a carton of milk. He didn't do it. And then he grabbed a bowl and he put the cake in the bowl with milk in it. Psychotic. And I said, "What?" is wrong with you. That's not how you eat cake. And so I said, I, I've never, like, not only have I not seen this, I've never even heard of somebody, like, ice cream, sure. Milk? He's like, yeah, I don't like dry cake. I'm like, I'm like, hey, brother-in-law, and I won't name him because I don't want to, I'm like, the cake came out the oven, like, not that long ago. It's mm-hmm. not dry. Anyway, so I proceeded to put a poll up on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I was dumbfounded with the results. People actually... Like it that way? So I had, I think I'd have to go back and look, but that last time I looked, it was like 650 votes. Which is a pretty good so, size. like a decent portion of people voted, which is always good because then you get a pretty good idea as to where the jury sits. Yeah. Like 20% of people put milk with, in a bowl with their cake. No. 20% of 650 people do that. That means 80% are right. I, I was blown away that 20%. I said, and, and we had this conversation as I put the poll up. He said, I'll be, I'll be happy if I get 3%. This is what my brother-in-law was saying. And I said, 3%? That seems like a lot. And he got 20. And he got 20%. Have you ever had a Trace Leche cake? I've heard of... Uh, the, the, the... Trace is three. Leche is milk. Okay. So it's a three milk cake. And it's, a, it's a, like a Spanish cake, a Mexican cake. Yeah, okay. And uh, we had it once over at a family party for at Leslie's house. And they pull it out, and it's cake and this milk, and it's all fun. And my kids aren't good at hiding their emotions because they were like, cake, instant smiles, like, hey, this is going to be great, Dad. And I'm like, yeah. And then they tried the cake, and their face just said it all. It's like, this is horrible. <laughs> this is probably the worst cake I've ever had. And we still talk about it to this day. And I go, do you guys want cake? And they go, as long as it's not Trace Leche, Dad. Okay. Trace Leche. Uh, yeah. what, is it, what, what is a Trace, trace Leche? It's three milks on a piece of cake. We can call Leslie. What, like a whole milk 2% non-fat? Is that what we're going with? Uh, I, you know, I didn't get, really get that far into it, but the Trace Leche cake was not a hit. Did you like, okay, here you go. Well, it looks good. Yeah, but it's not. It's not good at all. That looks really good. Yeah. Hey, you're on the podcast. Thanks for the stuff. Please don't swear. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. So I was just talking to Tom. Do you remember the Trace Leche cake incident? Oh, that's horrible. See? And why was it so bad? Because the cake 
cake was soggy. I don't know. It's just not good at all. Well, we, we were talking because Tom brought up this uh, this thing that happened this Sunday. He was over at his in-laws' house, and his brother-in-law pulled a piece of cake out, put it in a bowl, and dumped some milk mm. on it. Right? Right. That's not good. So we were just talking about the trace leche. Do you know what the three leches are? Uh, ooh. No. Trace? Yeah, tr- that means three. <laughs> I know. Okay. You would think to be coming from a Spanish descent that I would know, but I don't. Yeah, Leslie's got a little Puerto Rican in her. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Dark olive skin. What do you mean, be careful? What does that mean? Well, she's fiery. You are a little bit fiery, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to let you go before you cuss. Yeah. Good job today. Proud of you. Thank you very much. Woo! Twice a day for 365 days? You should think about picking up the trumpet. Ooh. Did you play a musical instrument as a kid? I didn't. You're, you're like, you're, your fashionista mom never said, hey, let's make you a well-rounded child. Let's put a little music into your life. Never. Did you? Well, so here's the deal. I tried everything. Music-wise. Music-wise. Well, but you, you're a big, and you come from a, a family yeah. that's... My parents used to teach disco in our houses when we were kids, but I tried the drums, I tried the guitar, I tried the piano. But it always came to the same conclusion, that the, the teachers would talk to my parents and go, listen, he'd be really good if he practiced, but he just wants to be a star. You need to get him to practice, and I hated to practice. I just wanted to be good at it. Yeah. And I didn't have, I didn't have the, I don't know drive to practice every day well i've never understood the benefit behind learning an instrument and i mean that in the least offensive way of course because right now it sounds pretty offensive well but like there are people that are quite passionate about this yeah they're like you must learn an instrument growing up and it's like well because it teaches your brain to think differently. It, is that it, why? Yeah, it opens up your horizons. That's a lot that of people. That explains a lot. A lot of people are saying when, like, when the schools are taking a cut, the first thing they cut is the music and the arts and, and those kind of departments because they think they're non-essential. But what we're finding and what I think you know, science is is concluding is that, that it really is beneficial to your learning, your brain, and all that. It, there's a lot of positive that's coming from that. Okay. Oh, that's good to know because you know my brain. As I've got Bubbles, who just is uh, entering what month number seven ish now. Uh-huh. He, um, I'm thinking, all right, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna push him to to learn something, then how is it gonna benefit me, him, and Kate, my wife, in the future? So, for example, if I were to teach him, p- make him play the piano. Mm-hmm. Do you know of many? millionaire piano players? Elton John, Billy Joel. Well, but they're multi. I mean, but they had to start with the piano. Well, did they, though, or did they start elsewhere? I'm pretty sure they started with the piano. They started with the piano? Yeah. Well, that that kind of defeats everything I was going for. I'm kind of glad you brought this up, because this, this brings up something that's going on in my life right now. Uh, so I, I told everybody that I got my son some golf clubs for his birthday. And he wasn't happy. It's like I kicked him in the chotch. He was like, Dad, I don't even play golf. Why would you do this? You know what I'm into. I'm into plushies and video games and using my imagination. I, this, I don't like this. And I was like, well, give it a shot. So we're still trying to find him something because we want him to make him well-rounded. Because I don't want him just to be into that video game and the, the plushies, which I, I do encourage him to do those things. But I think he's got to get outside of his comfort zone and try something different. For sure. So uh, Leslie found uh, this basketball 
program that's in my neighborhood. And I called my ex-wife and I was like, hey, what do you think about you know, getting Bowden into basketball? She goes, I think that's great. He's been outside playing in my house and you've got a hoop at your house. So I sat him down the other day. I was like, hey, bro. And he was like, yeah, dad. And I go, hey, uh, what do you think about basketball? And he goes, I don't. And I go, I, 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 I know, but I mean, what do you think about maybe giving it a shot? And he goes, yeah, dad, I, I, no, I, I don't like it. And I go, but let's just give it a shot. And he goes, but I don't like it. And I go, yeah, I, I get that. But so now I just got a text from my ex-wife while we're sitting here. Did you sign up Bowden for basketball? And I went, uh, no, he said he didn't want to do it. But if you're up for it, I think we can do it. And she hasn't texted me back. but Because mm. I do want him to try it. She said he's pretty good at a game called Lightning. Do you know about Lightning? Lightning is a game where you start at the free throw. Yep. And you're in a line. Mm-hmm. And the first guy shoots. And yep. if he misses, the second guy can then shoot. And if the second guy makes it, the first guy's eliminated. Yeah. And so Bowden is a whiz at this game. So he makes buckets. He makes buckets. Yeah. He's draining them. Nothing but net. Oh, swoosh. And that's why we had the idea of like, well, maybe we should get him into basketball. But he's like, I'm just not into it, Dad. I don't think my son's very competitive. So to take it back to where you were talking about, you want to encourage him to try as many things as possible. But I don't think you make him do something at a young age that you think it's going to be a job for him. Because I think that takes all the fun out of it. Well, no, you don't make it that way. But, like, of course, you as the parent are much smarter than the child. And you know that if they happen and latch on to this and get really good, you're going to be just fine. You can retire early. You know, like, you don't have to make it this this big thing. Like, you have, like, like Tiger Woods' dad, you know, back in the day, Eldrick Woods. Have you heard some of those stories? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's crazy. But Tiger is amazing. Yes. And somehow he found. What if he was great at the piano, though? And we just don't know now. Well, he wouldn't be as rich. You don't know that. Yeah, I do. You don't. He's like one of four billionaires in the like entire sporting landscape. Yeah. It's him, Floyd Mayweather, Lionel Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, I shouldn't say that. Lionel Messi is just about to make the billionaire. I guess what I'm saying is I want my son to throw as much crap at the wall and see what sticks. And see what he's really passionate about rather than what I'm passionate about. And I think I learned that by giving him the golf clubs. I'm still going to make him give it a shot. But if at one point he comes to me and goes, Dad, I just don't like this. I, mean, I can't make him go anymore. I don't want to do that because that's not going to be fun for me or him. And I get that because I think at the bottom, uh, at the end of the day, you know, if I were to look back on my childhood, and literally I was kind of a, a sport junkie in the sense that really anything that involved the ball, mm-hmm. I, I liked. Uh, I didn't love like uh, sprinting. I hated swimming. Mum and dad forced me to do swimming lessons, which I, I think that's the one thing you have to force your child to do. Yeah. You don't have to join the swim team, but just you have to learn how to swim. Yes. I don't think we're – you know, like it's life and death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't think we're asking for too much. Yeah. Um, and I despise swimming lessons. But, you know, you look back and you say, oh, I, I understand why mum and dad made me do that. But other things like musical instruments, if they don't want to do it, I don't think you have to do it. If they don't like sport, you don't have to do it. But it, 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 it all depends on the child. Like Bowden, for example, very different to what I was when I was nine. Mm-hmm. I, I would do anything with a ball. Like I played basketball, soccer, I mean everything, tennis. I was all into that stuff. But I wasn't into swimming. And I didn't pursue swimming. Mum and dad didn't force me. Once I learned how to swim pretty well... Um, they didn't force me further down that road. But I think as parents, that's what we need to do is provide opportunities for our kids and just make them kind of 
I, the way I look at it, and this is probably cheesy, but life's a buffet. Just walk down and see what you like and put it on the tray. I really don't like buffets. You don't? But I love life. Right? You don't, You like buffets, Joe? Buffets are amazing. I hate the buffet. Oh. How do you like quickly? How, you ever been to the buffet at Wendover? All the crab legs you can eat. Yeah, but like they at a buffet, it sits there for hours on end. No. What are you talking about? No. They don't stay there long enough because people want them. I you ever been to Golden Corral? Chuckarama? Vomit. Ooh, I disagree. King Puff, King Buffet on State Street? Been there a couple times. Ooh. Did you get food poisoning? Hey, uh, I don't know if you know the object of a podcast. And, We're and- trying to get sponsors. I do enjoy the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around. More Dadtastic. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Dadtastic. Tom, tell me about shower songs. Shower songs? Yeah. I'm a big fan. I, I listen to music all the time, and when I get into the shower, I find out what kind of day I'm going to have, and that dictates what kind of music I'm going to listen to. Oh, so you listen to music in the shower every day? Every day. Oh, see, I don't do that. I got a little little speaker, Bluetooth, put it in there, jam to it. And sometimes it's sometimes it's emotional music, sometimes it's upbeat music, sometimes I just like to see what's going to pop up on my iPhone. Uh-huh. So you had uh, Flow Rider today. Yeah. The whistle song the because whistle I got done blowing. <laughs> That's what it was. Oh, and that brought back memories for me. And you said, "Oh, this is the greatest shower song." Yes, because and granted, I haven't listened to music in the shower for a while. Mm-hmm. But back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, drinking age, by the way, is eighteen back home, and so you get done with high school, and you can all of a sudden go in, indulge in in the nightlife. And okay, and so anyway, long story short, every Thursday was a big night for the younger crowd. You know, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. It's so, still like that here in the States. It's, it's college still, night. It's yeah. college it, night, yeah, Thursday night. Little Friday, as the kids would say. Yep. And, and anyway, as I'm getting ready for Thursday night, I remember for probably two years before I made the trip over to the States, I would listen to Flow Rider, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Upbeat, fun music. I'd crack a little tinny, you know, yeah. crack a can. Little shower beer. Yeah, a little dirty soda in the, uh, in the, in the shower, and I'd just get myself ready. Yeah. But I used to get... Um, I used to get like uh, butterflies. Oh, like what's the night got a hold? Yeah, for me? like I was nervous. Huh. I was nervous every Thursday night. I'd get in the shower, I'd be like, I'm a, I, I'm a little nervous about tonight. Just where's it gonna go? What's gonna happen? How much fun are we actually gonna have? Yeah. And there was a lot of fun to be had. Uh huh. And there was a lot of fun had. There you go. Hey, so does your son? Because I know you do club bubbles. We do, although we need to do it more often. I need to do it more often. And I really like that because right now, I mean, that's one thing that I have in common with all my kids. Music. Is music. And so when we get in there, if it's just me and one kid, they get control of the ox. They get the ox cord. On uh, on what, in the car? In the car. Okay. So then I get to listen to what they're listening to. And then we go tit for tat. So they'll play a song, and then I'll play a song. They'll play a song, and then I'll play a song. And then we just kind of bond over it. So when I when my kids get in the car, I know what songs they're listening to. And then we dance, and we're having a good time. And so I, I think you need to do Club Bubbles more because it looks like Bubbles is having fun. So Bubbles loves music. Uh, and um, I assume Bubbles loves music because really since he was born. So so uh I um this is actually yeah, this is quite a funny story. My wife was in labor. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's on the bed, you know, legs spread, ready to go, you know, the nurses and all they're all there ready. Let's get this let's get this show on the road. Vivid picture. And I go, "All right. 
Kate, you ready? She goes, no. I say, good. And I played, uh, played some music. What song Thump- did you play? Bumpin' Nirvana. Really? Yeah. Well, I got to get her in the right headspace, man. Okay. You know, like- So what Nirvana song was playing? Uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit? No, I don't think it was in that In Utero? One. Yeah, it might have been that one. I can't, I can't quite remember, but um, I started blasting music. Yeah. Because I got to get my wife in the right mindset. Game know? time! Yes! Like, let's roll! Yeah. And- uh, uh, and and it got to the point. She was my wife. Um, bless her, cotton sock. She was pushing for four hours. Like it was a long delivery, uh, and it was very painful, and it was tedious, and it was you know. And it got to the point, like two, three hours in, the the main nurse there was like, Tom, do you reckon we could turn the music down? <laughs> <laughs> we heard the same song for the past three hours. And I'm like, oh. Oh, sorry. And I had to turn it down. But, like, literally, ever since Bubbles came out of the womb, he's been uh, listening to music. And then what's what's interesting now is uh, at, at seven months or so, he, he has some episodes. He's a very good baby, I must admit. Like, he's pretty calm and happy, and he yeah. smiles, and he laughs, and he's You loud. brought him to a live appearance we were doing, and I was like, and everybody who walked by said the same thing. He was like, wow, that baby's good. Yeah, no, he's a... He's a good baby, but you know, like late late in the evening or later in the day, he can he'll get tired and fussy, um, as they say. Fussy, and any time we have a on we have Spotify and we have a playlist called Nap Time, and it's specifically for him. Uh, and any time I just click shuffle on that playlist, any song can come up. He immediately calms down, soothes, soothes him. Yeah, and I could stand up there and bounce him. I could do everything, and he won't calm down. But if I play music, he'll calm down. I love it. So he's going to be, he might be into the piano. You never know. He might just be, maybe the triangle. Ding, 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 ding. Not a lot of people making money on the triangle. Yeah, no, we're going to stay away from the triangle. But um, he's going to be really into music. I heard you came face to face with your uh, adversary again this weekend. Again, the bloody gopher's back. How? I, I thought, I thought I you drowned him. I thought I drowned him too. Man, how many lives do gophers have? I know cats have nine. Yeah, they must have, a, they must have at least three. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I get home one day and my wife is in the backyard. She goes, there's another hole. I go, shut mm. the front door. There's not another hole. Uh, Daddy took care of this. There's yes. no more gophers. And I go out there and his bloody head's poking out the hole again. What? Yes. And so now I, he's taunting you. I, exactly. And so I go, grab the hose, do the whole thing, shove it down that cranker, put a rock on top of the hose so it doesn't whittle anywhere, and try and drown him again. Now, here's what's weird is um, the first drowning attempt mm-hmm. uh, took place on Monday. Uh, of Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Pardon me, Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. We had the Monday off, but it was on Sunday I tried to drown him. I didn't see him or her, I shouldn't specify, it's 2020, uh, until uh, four days later, so Thursday. Mm-hmm. He's probably drying out. Last Thursday. Mm-hmm. So it had been, at, but no holes uh-huh. were dug in between. So I was like, hmm, So you thought you smelled victory. Yes. And now we came back again. So, um, but here's the here's the catch. Yeah. Because they they're underground. Uh-huh. I don't know how many of them there are. There might be a dead gopher and one more. There so might now be two dead gophers and a few more. I have no idea. This could be go for the sequel. Oh, I think it could be, but it, it might not be at the same time. It could just be one. He took a little nap, you know, got too much water. Yeah. Woke up, mm-hmm. you know, vomited it out. Sure. And now he's back. Yeah. But I, so anyway, I've still got gopher problem, and here's the big problem. Here's the biggest problem of them all, which is why I'm thinking about making a drastic change to my backyard. Uh huh. My neighbors to the south of me have gopher problems. Right. How long have they had them? Uh, really, since ever since they've moved in, and they've moved in there now two, three years. Okay. 
Uh, and so they have go- so I imagine, and I, again, everything's underground, which is why gophers are so problematic because you really don't know anything. No, no. I imagine they have tunnels back and forth. Right. Right. Uh-huh. That would make sense. Yeah. And then there's a park up the street that's uh-huh. probably uh, three hundred yards away, and they're that filled with gopher holes. Uh huh. And so I just think the area itself has a gopher problem. So have you called a gopher specialist? I mean, is there exterminators that you could call and go, hey, look, I've got a gopher problem. What can I do? Haven't, haven't called, haven't looked into it. Maybe that should be a place to start. That should be. So what I'm thinking about doing, which I, I'm actually quite excited for, but financially I imagine it's quite expensive. Sure. Uh, I'm actually thinking about tearing up all the grass. Uh, but how would that help with them underneath the grass? Uh, because then I'd lay a slab of concrete. Oh, you're just going to go straight concrete. Well, yeah, they're not going to bite through concrete, I imagine. So you're going to turn your backyard into a concrete jungle. And then I'm going to put turf down. Oh. So astroturf. But you do have a dog. I do have a dog. That's a good point. But, yeah, I do have a dog. But, you know. Yeah, I do have I mean, a dog. You don't want to just keep spraying poop and pee off. Yeah, I didn't think about the dog. Um, I mean, you could maybe just leave a little area, like a, a dog park in your backyard just for the dog. I could. I, I just think, yeah, that's a good idea. But I was thinking AstroTurf, and then, you know what I'm, I'm going to do? What? I'm going to put a little soccer goal in there for for bubbles. And then I'm actually going to put a little putting green. Mm, I like where your head with is. some holes. Have you talked about this with your wife? No. Maybe you should start there. Maybe. And maybe, just maybe, I mean, Google gopher problems, Salt Lake City, and see what pops up, and maybe call the guy and go, hey, look, I've got these gophers. Is it something I'm going to live with forever, like HPV, or can I get rid of them? But, what is HPV? (laughs) Never mind. It's a a good joke, though. It's a good joke. Is it a movie quote? No, it's a good joke. Anyway, um, So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm dumbfounded. But, yeah, the, the, the gophers are problematic. And I, I just – here's my problem with the gopher guy. Mm-hmm. What, like, what's he going to do? Well, They're underground. He can't see through the ground. But, but that, that's his world, his, his business. I know they've got a problem down in Cedar City, which is about three and a half hours from Salt Lake City with prairie dogs, which I don't know if a prairie dog and a gopher are the same thing, but maybe they're in the same family. But you know what they do? They've got this big machine with a big vacuum on it. And they go and suck up the prairie dogs. Out of the ground. Out of the ground. Yeah. Hmm. Because, because they're, they're uh, protected species. What prairie dogs are? Yeah. Well, they don't die when they get sucked? No. Then they, they go p- put them somewhere else. Because if you go down there and play the golf course in Cedar City, there's a lot of holes other than the holes that are supposed to be there because of the prairie dogs. Oh, right. They're pests. Yeah. And so they suck them up and then they go relocate them. Interesting. So maybe you could suck up the gophers and relocate them. Well, I just think there are a few jobs in this uh, world that we live in that are just fake. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, you know, I'm going to make – because somebody probably was like, oh, I have a gopher problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think most people – I think some other people have gopher problems. Mm-hmm. I'm going to create a company that will fix the gopher problems. Uh, and the reason I'm doing this is because nobody else has created a gopher problem uh, – a gopher company mm-hmm. to get rid of gophers. But like what are they going to do – Unless they had the suction cup, but even with the suction cup, I mean, those tunnels run deep and they run far and narrow. I mean, that's got to be. If you're going to suck something up and the gopher's on the other side, I mean, you may, you're probably just going to tear up the grass anyway. I love the fact that you just would speculate, you know, before just calling them and going, hey, because they might call and go, hey, listen, we can come and get them, but they're going to be back. But then at least you would know. Yeah, so why, yeah, so I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I'm not going to waste my time. With no, you. I'm just going to plant cement and try to drown them. 
Because yeah. that seems like a better use of your time. Well, yeah, and I don't have to spend any money. And I mean, cement's expensive. Cement is expensive. I mean, you know, Leslie's ex-husband does cement. He could probably help you out. Yeah, hook it up. Yeah. You know how I feel about cement. We don't need to go there. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about something, and this and it kind of plays into it, because if you don't have a yard, then you couldn't have used these toys as a kid. Do you know about... Lawn darts. I do not know know what lawn darts. Even are. our son kind of looked up there. Lawn darts were a toy that were prevalent in the eighties. Big thing. Yeah, look up lawn darts, Josh, on the computer here, and this was the most dangerous. But I think that's why my generation is the toughest generation ever, because we survived lawn darts. Those are lawn darts right there. See right there. Uh, let's see right here. Uh, that's a lawn dart to the neck. But that really happened. Uh, I think that might have been staged. No, so see, see right here. So you got to see the lawn darts. There's the blue and the red right there, and then there's circles. And so what you do is I'll go 10 feet over here and how, put a circle down. How heavy are the lawn darts? They're heavy. Oh, they are? Yeah. And so you throw them up in the air, and the goal is— There's another bloody lawn dart. To it happens. Back. It happens. They banned them. You can't get lawn darts anymore like this. I looked on eBay. Somebody's got an, uh, an original lawn dart set. Uh, it's going see. for five eighty five. dollars yeah, that's, that's what your generation did to it. Let's make them safe for everybody. Okay, well, I wonder why our generation might have done that. There's a lawn dart to the neck. He's pale. But this is just a good lesson on life. If something's shiny and pointy coming down at your head, get out of the way. Well, what if you can't or you don't know? You need to be aware of your surroundings. You need to know what's going on. Life is tough. Get a helmet, my man. You know what I mean? We can't just put... Do you think your generation is better than my generation because you are tougher? I don't think we're better. I think we're more resilient. And I, and I think uh, we just we know how to move on and keep moving. Your generation stops and everyone gets a trophy. Everyone gets a cookie. and and, and Which is... Uh, some of the stuff is, is deserved. And I think I do agree with. But for the most part... Life's tough, man. Life is tough. You know what I mean? And you just sometimes you get up and you got to do crap you don't want to do. But that's life. I think my generation is the generation that is changing the world. Now, we can argue, is it changing the world for the better or for the worse? That's up for debate. We could probably be here for hours. But change is inevitable. Political. Change is inevitable. And, and I think there is some good stuff that your generation's done. And I think there's some bad stuff. And I think there's good stuff your generation's done. I think there's also some bad stuff. Yeah, you're probably right. Lawn dart's probably <laughs> on the bad side. Yeah, like, lawn dart to the neck, probably not a good idea. Yeah, so so we banned them. Yeah, as you should. Yeah, that's, a, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you banned You know what we need to ban next? Fireworks. No, no yes. you're stuck it off on the fireworks. But, I, you know, there is a comp- – do you remember – did you always have the internet growing up? I did not. I remember I must have been anywhere between the ages of 8 and 10, mm-hmm. and I had a flip phone, Motorola Flip, the Razor. Do you remember the Motorola Razor? Yeah. Oh, slick and sexy, baby. I had a silver, I had a black, and I had a red one. I had a black, and uh, I remember on the Razor, there was a button. It was a blue button, and it had the eye, but it was like a, it was like an italic eye. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And the eye was blue, um, and I just remember mum and dad saying... You can really click any button you want on this phone, but please, for the love, do not click the I button. Because the second you dialed the internet, it would charge 
A thousand dollars. A thousand bucks. Yeah, whatever. It was a lot of money. And that's kind of, that was my first uh, experience with the internet. Okay. So, I, so, no, I didn't grow up with it, but I kind of did. But for, for the most part, you always had the access, you know. And, yeah. And, yeah. Once I became a teenager. But so my kids know nothing different. You know what I mean? It's always been the internet. Like my son with the, hey, well, just Google it, Dad, and do this. Now, there's some great things because the answers are always there, good or bad. They can find them on the internet. When I was a kid, we had this thing called the Encyclope- Encyclopedia Britannica. Yes, it was a book. It was a book. And somebody would go door to door and they would sell you these encyclopedias. And that's where you got all your knowledge. When you had to do reports, you went to the encyclopedia. Uh, and, you know, then it got passed down from generation to generation. So I remember growing up in my household, we had like A, B, C, D, H, F, RS, because we lost the other one somehow. They so so when you had to do a report, you'd have to go to it and go, I hope there's something in here with H, <laughs> you know, because that's all I got. It, it's the same thing with maps. Yeah. Do you, I don't know what you guys had out here. I remember back home, uh, mom and dad used to carry this massive book that was a map of the state of Victoria, mm-hmm. which is Melbourne. And, uh, and if you needed to go somewhere that you hadn't been before, you better flick through the pages until you find the suburb that you're trying to get to and try and find a way to meander to wherever you're going. I remember when I was a young kid and I'd go to a friend's house after school that my parents had never been to and I'd call them to come pick me up. I, I mean, that was 20 minutes telling them how to get here. Yeah. You know, and last night uh, my daughter Frankie was at a friend's house and I'd never been there before and she just sends me a, a pin. Yeah. And says, this is where I'm at. And I was like, oh, cool. And it takes you right there. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I think that technology has really helped us out. But also, it's taught us not to think outside the box. And, like, if the internet goes down, it's like a toxic snow day. Kids are like, I don't know what to do. Like, we just had the hurricane-forced winds here in Salt Lake City. Yes. And a lot of people lost power. And yes. there's some people out there right now that still don't have power. Yes, my brother-in-law. Yeah, and people don't know what to do. It's like they're going back to like live in Amish. Yeah. You know, they're like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to have to turn my own butter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I get it. I think this generation mm-hmm. is going to be much more smarter and intelligent than any of the generations that have come before that. The kids right now. Yeah. Your kid's generation. Yeah. And I don't even know what generation that's called. Uh, neither do I. I think it's like generation uh, Y? I don't know. Yeah, I just made it up. Sounded good. Did? Yeah. Nice. Uh, but I do think that they're going to be... Because it was hard to get around, especially in your era. My era was difficult-ish, but it got easier. But let's not forget as well, like when I was growing up, you know, you'd have to dial the internet up. Oh, yeah, and wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like just this guy. Yeah. Open it, click the button, you're in. It's That came out when I was in college. And I remember at the fraternity house, we got it called AOL. and The dial-up. Yeah, the yeah. dial-up. And that made everybody mad because in the fraternity house, we didn't have cell phones in. Right. And so we had a phone for upstairs and we had a phone for downstairs. And so if the guy on the uh, upstairs wanted to get on the internet, he had to block the phone. Downstairs. Yeah, for like three hours. And how are girls going to be calling if it's blocked? And then, you know, where are they thinking? They're like, hey, man, where are you? I'm on the internet. Yeah. I, I, the dial-up internet was – that was when I was probably entering puberty. Mm. Teenager. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do you got for me? Uh, Freddie's going on a bottle strike, Ooh. which is making me nervous. I'm on a bottle strike. 
Well, you've been on a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For two years now. Yeah, I'm sorry. But so, but why is it making you nervous? Because I'm worried that he's going to end up eating frozen chicken nuggets. Oh yeah! If he eats frozen <laughs> chicken nuggets, he's coming to live with you. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> yeah. bubbles. He's not living with me. I'll <laughs> kick him out. Um, I think. What? Like, I'm nervous he'll become a picky eater. Hmm. Were you a picky eater? No. I had friends that were picky eaters, and at my house, you weren't allowed to be a picky eater. My parents weren't. So, so what was your rule? So, if you didn't eat dinner, what happened? You didn't eat. This is what the family's eating. That's it. That's it. Okay, so there was no punishment for not eating your dinner. No, you just don't eat. And listen, if I find you getting in the cabinet later on tonight, we're going to have problems. This is what we're eating. Okay. And my dad would be like, well, you know, my mom would be like, well, let's give him something else. He was like, if he gets hungry enough, he'll eat. I had a stepbrother. Good guy. Great guy. But he was a real picky eater. And he had to put 50 dollops of ketchup on his hash browns, and he would count them. That's and psychotic. It would, and it would make my dad nuts. Yeah. It would make him nuts because we grew up. What as, if you got the squirty bottle? It was a squirty bottle. What was that? You've got to be delicate. It was delicate. But that's, but that's what his deal is. And, and he's normal now and he's a great guy. Uh, but in my household, that's it. There's, there's no – we're not making special meals for everybody in the house. This isn't a restaurant. This is what we're all eating. Okay, so this is what what happened at my in in my household growing up. Um, if you didn't eat dinner or you didn't want to eat dinner, that's okay. You just go straight to bed. Mm. So you know, like you you'd get done. You'd say, "I'm not eating dinner." Mum, Dad say, "Great, go to your teeth, get to bed. We'll see you tomorrow." What time was that at? Uh, like pretty early, six or seven. Okay. And normally, you know, so the reason that stung so bad was because normally. Hopefully you had your homework done by dinner. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, then you would obviously have to do it after. But if assuming you had your homework done by dinner, you would then be you'd have like an hour ish to uh watch TV, play on the Nintendo, really just like relax and do whatever free time. Free time. Which at the age of like 9, 10, I mean that is valuable time. Yes. Cuz you're at school all day, you come home, you have to do homework. You know, then there's like certain chores that, you know, mum and dad might want you to, you got to bathe, you've got, yeah, like the list goes on and on and on. And, and so free time is like, holy cow, yeah, I don't know what to do with all this time. And so that was the rule. So at my, my wife growing up, their rule was if you don't eat dinner, uh, and this won't happen in, in my household with bubbles, I think I'm going to take the approach, my wife and I are going to take the approach that I, my parents took with me. And that's if you don't eat dinner, you just go straight to bed, simple. Hmm. But what they did in, in my at my wife's household growing up was if you don't eat dinner, then you sit in the middle of the hallway on a stool mm. um, with with your dinner on the the table. Yeah. You know, and you can't leave the stool until you eat your dinner. And they, seems... they went all night. Like, they would find ways to fall asleep on the stool. And then at 3 o'clock in the morning, her dad would come charging out of his bedroom, you know, furious and frustrated that his kids are so stubborn and send him to bed. That seems like a lot of work. Too much work for a parent. Yeah. And, and I think that that's important to note because, like, um, right now Bubbles is great and I'm having a hard time figuring out, like, just when is Bubbles going to start misbehaving. But it's always it's going to come. And it will. It, yeah, and I, and I know deep down it will, but I ha- I'm having a hard time, 
wrapping my head around it now. When that time comes, how do you make how do you make your life as a dad easier? I, you know, I, I don't know if you ever make it easier. I think you just have to figure out what you're okay with and then be able to be somewhat flexible. Because, I mean, like, that couldn't have been fun for your wife's dad. No, no, no. You no, know, no. because, I, you know, I'm just playing it out in my head. He's laying in bed seething, going, why won't they just eat it? You know what I mean? So he's miserable. And then he comes out at three and your wife's sleeping on the stool. And he's like, so obviously this isn't working either. You know, so now we've got to be able to adjust the play clock a little bit, you know, and figure it out. See, I think there are decisions that dads and moms can make, parents can make, to make their life easier. Let me ask you this. So with your setup at your home growing up as a child, how many times did you go to bed Very without little. a meal? Very few. Very few. And but, your siblings? Uh, there were a few, because I'm the oldest of five, so there were a few of us. Um, and my brother, I think it was... Jim, Max was a bit of a troublesome child. They would they would poke the bear a bit and, yeah. and flirt with danger. And I'm sure I did once, twice, maybe three times, but I didn't do it often. My the meals growing up in my household, they, they weren't that extravagant. Yeah. Which and, was kind of nice. And mostly the sticking point is broccoli or some sort of weird vegetable. They were like, I don't want that, I don't want I would that. Always leave the broccoli. We almost had broccoli every night. Yeah. And I would just about leave the broccoli until the end, and it was freezing cold. And it's so much. I, I, I learned after a few years that just eat the, eat the broccoli while it's warm. It tastes better. Mm-hmm. Throw the butter cheese on it. Yeah. Um, but like my meals growing up weren't that extravagant. So we would have like uh, the, the one meal, the one staple meal. Do you remember a staple meal of yours growing up? Yeah. Okay. So like we would have sausages, broccoli, and some potatoes. Mm, sounds like you're Irish. That was it. Like that's what Mum cooked, and it was easy to make. So, but okay, here's another. Here's something else that I thought was interesting, and I don't know what I'm gonna do with bubbles. I wonder what you guys did. Did you eat with your parents every night? No. Oh, did you eat before your parents? Um. So my my situation was a little bit different because my parents got divorced when I was in fifth grade. Okay. And so my mom was a working mother, and we didn't live with my dad. Gotcha. And so it was just kind of like when she'd get home from work, she's like, "Hey, what are we going to eat?" Or she would, you know, call us and go, "Hey, there's this in the fridge." So a lot of times we just fended for ourselves. Oh. You know, she just kind of stocked the fridge. So to be honest with you, we grew up on. Frozen burritos. Chicken bloody nuggets. Chicken nuggets and top ramen. Um, you know, I mean, when it got really bad, you know, uh-huh. we'd eat liverwurst because that was the only thing in the fridge. Nice. But my mom had that ability, and I think most moms have this ability, where we'll come down and we'll go, Mom, there's nothing in the fridge. And she goes, there's a ton in the fridge. And then we go, there's nothing in the fridge good to eat. And she'd come down, she'd open that fridge, and in 10 minutes have a full meal. Yes. And we're like, "Where did? are you a magician? Where'd you pull that from? How did you do that? Yeah. But, you know, I think that's just a superpower moms have. I do, too. My dad's staple meal was chili and rice. Chili and rice? Yeah, so he would make the rice and the chili, and then he'd put the chili and the rice, and that was done. Wow. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Wow. So, okay, but, so my mom, um, I'm the oldest of five, as I mentioned, so there were quite a few kids running around. It was a bit of a zoo. And my mom, after she had uh, Harry, who's the one below me, so two children, 
she stopped working. Um, and then she went on to have three more, and she certainly didn't work from there on, then on out because she had a lot to do around the house. And so my dad worked, and so mum would be home with us. So mum would make the kids a meal at about 6, 6, 37, mm-hmm. and then dad would come home sometime around that time, and they would make their meal for like 8 or 9 o'clock at night. They, they, they'd eat pretty late. Was it the same meal that you had? No, it was different. Probably better. Better. And I always remember like watching television, they'd be I'm like... <laughs> Why do you have steak? Why does that look like a lot better than what we? Have? I wouldn't be sitting on the stool if you gave us that. I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't. I couldn't quite figure it out until now. But yeah, I don't know. So I don't know what we're going to do, and that's something that we're going to have to talk about as a family, as as you know, as, with Kate. Do we eat when when Freddie gets older? When Bubbles gets older? Do we eat with him? I think when you have one kid, you eat with him. But then if you have two, three, now we're not having five because the plane ticket to Australia costs way too much and I'm not paying for seven plane tickets. Yeah, no, it makes sense. But if we have three, do we eat with the kids? Like, I think statistics say you should eat with your kids because that is valuable time that you get with them. That's where you can check in with them, see how their day went, okay. what's going on, and get to know them. I, I yeah. kind of like that. I mean, I think that's, I mean, really, you know, not to get back on the alcohol, but that's, you know, parents who talk to their kids are less likely to have their kids do alcohol and drugs because they, they know more about them and what's going on with them. It's it's in, it's a it's a very interesting conversation because I um I think there's certainly valuable lessons to eating with your kids. But if your kid is a picky eater, you can't make the meals you want to make. Remember, you're the parent. Be flexible and uh, just open communication. I think that's probably the best advice I could give you. Just go to bed. Yeah, you've been listening to Dad Tastic, and don't forget you can find us on social at uh, Dad Tastic Podcast on Facebook, Instagram. And we've also got a YouTube channel, so you can see this whole video in its glory. Just uh, go to YouTube and search Dad Tastic, and you'll be able to find us. Are you pretty excited about that, bro? I am, bro. Why'd you call me that? You don't like Bubba. You don't like Bro. You don't like certain nicknames. Did you no. ever have a nickname growing up? Nugget. Nugget. Ironic, huh? They called you Nugget. Yeah, not Frozen. Hey, let's have Nugget. So you want to know the quick story behind that? Yeah. So I was playing soccer uh, with a bunch of older guys at school, uh-huh. and I got a ball kicked in my face. Uh huh. I started to bleed from the nose. Yeah. And I popped right back up. So yeah. They started calling me Nugget because I was like, you know, golden Nugget, like I was rock. Uh. I was mentally strong, physically weak, but just popped right back up, apparently. And I was 12 at the time, and my nickname was Nugget from then on out. Helmet, Fun Pig, Sea Dog, and Sea Money. You can also call me T-Bone Steak Medium Rare, but that's kind of long. That is stupid. You're an idiot. You're listening to Dadtastic, a KSL podcast. 